Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. <laughs> Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Listen to this awesome <laughs> organ solo. <laughs> Dude, what a wild time this is. Like, I didn't know what to expect going in. Look, I never saw a trailer. I've only heard of the movie before. So I knew nothing walking into this. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I don't think it was exactly this. <laughs> I, this is one, this is a Brett pick, and I was like, I wonder how Greg of the Dead will react to this. And because either with these like kind of movies, it can go either way of like, oh my god, this was awesome, or what the fuck did you have me watch? No, I really liked this. Good. This was cool. Yeah, I think I've only ever seen this one other time myself uh, when Svengoolie showed it. I know the Misfits. I think it was the Graves lineup had a song like the Abominable Doctor Fives. I think it was just like a instrumental intro to the album or something like that. Okay, but that's how I heard of it. I knew it was a movie with Vincent Price, but I never saw it before until now. There's also a sequel, uh, Doctor Five uh, Rides Again, I believe, or it's Rises Again. It's one of those. <laughs> Rides again will be weird because he doesn't do much riding in this movie. It's not like he's a cowboy. He all of a sudden has a motorcycle. <laughs> well, dude, the way this movie went, it wouldn't have shocked me. No. So, oh, this is a great like. It's the late sixties, early seventies, like weird acid like movie. Yeah, and like I have a weird relationship with Vincent Price. I know that's already got people with the torches and pitchforks out, but like. The stuff I like of him, I do like, but a lot of it's so, like, I, I'm tempted to say stuffy. You know what I mean? Some of it, like, where I can't get into it that much. I know what you mean, but I love it. I love that stuffiness yeah. of, like, a, a good Hammer Horror movie of everyone is dressed to, like, the nines and, like, the 18th century fashion. And most of it's just people talking and dancing. And every once in a while, the monster shows up. <laughs> Yeah, and I get why it's good. Like, it's just not typically my thing. Right. You know what I mean? But, no, so it's, I didn't know what kind of Vincent Price I was getting with this one. But man, this was a fun one. Oh, yeah. Well, he's basically, like, I love he has to plug his voice box in with, like, a guitar cord. It's like he's plugging it into an amp. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a guitar jack, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and it comes around, too, where he says, like, he's, like, this master of music. So he's like, you said I could never talk again, but I made my voice box a guitar. <laughs> Dude, like, I know we're just talking and we're jumping to the end a little bit here. But what is it called, the actual horn an old record player would come out of? Oh, I know what you mean. Those, like... Phonograph? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where he, like, hooks his voice up to that, and he's pushing a cart with a phonograph around it. <laughs> See, Doctor, now I can talk. I'm the master of music. <laughs> it's, it's, like, the perfect amount of schlock that I love. Yeah, because there's definitely some, like, played for laughs bits in this movie. Oh, with uh, Inspector Trout? Yeah. Or Inspector Pike, as everyone calls him, which is just funny. <laughs> 
All right, so let's kick into this thing. The abominable. Uh, man, that's a hard word for me to say fast. <laughs> oh. The abominable Doctor Fibes, or also titled just Doctor Fibes, depending what you look at. From 1971. I was sitting there watching it, and I don't think I've ever said this title in, like out loud. No, it had to be like, the abominable... He's not the abominable snowman. The abominable Dr. Fives. Okay. Bumble. <laughs> the abominable Dr. Fives. But it just kicks off with this mysterious figure wearing all black... It looks like a garbage bag cloak. Uh, rising up from the ground like he's at a rock show, like coming out of the yeah. stage, playing this cool organ solo and then he conducts the band but the band isn't what it seems no was it um oh fuck what were they called dr fives's um like electric orchestra or something like that like they have a name it's on the drum head <laughs> yeah it looks like something that would be a beatles album or something like that but this just so cements in my mind of i adore organ music <laughs> Oh, it's classic. It's great. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Which there was a couple times in my head because I'm like doing my own head cannon of like Dr. Fives after he gets his revenge. He's like, shit, now I need a job. So he's like the organist at like the youth hockey arena. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. Bum, 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 bum. But so he comes out, this lady in white wearing what appears to be like a coat hanger snowflake on her head <laughs> walks in and dances with the cloaked figure, Dr. Fives. And I'll say the lady, or the woman, or the girl, for most of this movie, because it is not until the last five minutes, Brett, that we get her name. And other than Fives, I have a hard time remembering where, who everyone is. I mean, I know Fives, I know the main detective who's after him, Trout. Yeah. And really, that's all we need to know. Yeah. Like, everyone else is kind of come in, come out it's of just the like, story, you oh, know? Here's another doctor. Yeah, exactly. They start dancing, and then he lowers this covered birdcage under the stage. It's weird, the setup where his headquarters are, into a car, and then he appears in a skylight above some sleeping man. I Remember, I still have no idea what this movie is right. this time. So I'm trying to be like, what the fuck is going on here? And, oh, by the way, I completely jumped off earlier when I was talking about the band. They're not a real band. They're like animatronics. Oh, no. It's like you go to like Chuck E. Cheese and the Chuck E. Cheese band comes out and plays because it's like they have like the wind instruments up to their mouth, but they're like an inch away. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, imagine me trying to follow this for the first time, <laughs> figuring out what this movie is. If, uh, if were you immediately like, what the fuck, Brett? God damn it. I was intrigued enough to not have that yet. Because usually that's just if it's bad right from the get-go. It's not bad. It's like, oh, yeah. you have my attention from the get-go. Oh, yeah, I'd love it. But he's in the skylight above the sleeping man, and he opens the skylight and lowers the cage down. And he wakes up to a bunch of bats all over him. Here's the thing. <laughs> bats are used in movies a lot. Yeah. These are the most unscary oh. bats. They're like the big fruit bats. You know what I mean? Like where they look like koalas with wings. They're like sky puppies. They're like, they're crawling on him and he's acting like horrified. But they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing frightening about these at all. Like even if this flew up to you, you'd be like, oh, what are you doing, flying dog? Exactly. Because you even like at one point it's doing its tongue and it's like, oh, I want like bat kisses. 
Yeah, but this guy wakes up screaming with all the bats all over him. Then we get some more band playing as he plays the organ vibes and lowers back down. Yeah, he has intro and outro music for himself. They've also set up this place, like, you know how people, like, will make a video store in their basement? And it's just for them, but it looks like a legit place. It almost looks like they made him his own nightclub. Because it has, like, tables and chairs that they, like, put the chairs on the tables at the end of the night like it's an actual place. (laughs) Well, no, it is revealed at the end of the movie this is, like, a place where you would go to see someone play the organ back in the day. Back in the day. when he calls the one doctor. Yeah, so, like, it was a place. I don't think he made it. I think he just bought it and added the animatronic band. No, but this is just for him. It's not like he's running a nightclub. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean now. Yeah, no, no one's watching this except for him and Vinalia, who we don't know is called that. Right. But the doctor's butler the next morning finds him dead with bats all over him, and then the detectives are at the scene, uh, Scotland Yard, and I love these two. I don't remember the one's name, because it's not a thing that's brought up all the time, but the other one is, like, Inspector Trout. And it's... They play the bumbling, bumbling cops like perfectly. Of it's not like the Halloween Part Five ones where it doesn't fit whatsoever. These cops is like okay, this is kind of a wacky movie already. It kind of makes sense that the cops would also be over the top. It's funny you mention that because I instantly thought Halloween Five as well. I the amount of times I've referenced Halloween Five and like talking about bad cops. I want to know, like, someone do the count of how many times has it been mentioned and we still have not done that episode. Yeah, we will soon, don't worry. One one year. Not not this month, yeah. But um, there's the one cop's just on top of the wardrobe searching, and that's pretty much it. They have no idea why. Weird, bats. And it cuts to five, like, melting this, like, wax bust mask yeah. like, of what this guy was. And he, so that's what he does every time. He has all, it was at nine. Yeah. Nine of them like have a bust made of him, and he takes a blowtorch to everyone that he kills. And they all have that like, um, Egyptian like symbol or whatever that he wears, I think when he kills them and then puts it on the bust and then melts the bust. And it's like, okay. Yeah. He's very theatrical for yeah. just himself. No, he's very much, yeah, exactly, like you said, like, it's not just about the killing. It's also like, well, I'm gonna have some fun with this, and I'm a proper gentleman, so. <laughs> it's almost ritualistic, you know what yeah. I mean? But, um, five, oh, next we cut to the mask party. And oh, yes. And it's like, a, what's it called, like a masquerade, where stuffy people have a party where they all wear funny masks? Yeah, and they all fuck each other in the side room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... Dr. Hargraves introduces himself, and Fibes fastens him with a mask. He didn't know it was a mask party, but he has one made for him. It's a big frog head. It's kind of fun looking. Yes, and this is where, watching it this time, I'm like, whoever made Saul owes like some money to the Dr. Fibes people. A little bit, yeah. There's another part very much Ooh. later that, honestly... I definitely got saw from. Yeah, because I get it from this mask because they it's everyone must wear a mask to go in. So he bit, puts on the big frog mask and it starts like slowly tightening around his head. 
Yeah, he like flips like a little timer on it or something. Yeah, and it just keeps like every second or, or however many every few seconds getting tighter and tighter and winding itself like there's a gear on it. Yeah, and he's like climbing the stairs and like it keeps getting tighter and tighter. Everyone's like looking at him. It's like, oh, look at this drunk idiot because he's like stumbling around. Then he falls down the stairs and there's like blood coming out of the frog's mouth and stuff. And Fives is right there. Like, of course, the murderer is going to be at the scene of the crime. And he's just, like, standing right over him. I'm like, okay, now to make my slow old man get away. <laughs> I don't know why no one else noticed the one man who wasn't shocked. They're like, get him! <laughs> he was laughing and clapping. Dude, so what do you think of this kill? Because most of the kills in this movie, as creative as they are, are really set up right before cut away, police find the body. So this is really one of the few kills that we see happen. So what did you think of it? Oh, no, I enjoy it. I think it's a really cool, like, way to uh, fit in the frogs. Like, because it's like, okay, how am I going to fucking kill someone with frogs? I know, I'll just put a mask over them and crush them. It's like, other than that, just, like, fill up their room full of frogs, and hopefully they're the evil ones from the movie Frogs. Oh, yeah. But, no, I like this one, because it also, you get the good techno-color 70s blood that I love. Yeah, it looks really cool. I I was impressed with this one. Like, I didn't see that coming in this movie. No, but yeah, Saul, strike number one. Oh, and th- I could even say this is like a half strike, because honestly, you're right, but I didn't catch this one as a Saw thing. I caught the one at the end of the movie yeah. 100%. Oh, it is so, like, if they had just moved where the key is to his head, it'd been like, okay, this is just plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. We get another, like, torching the wax bust and everything like that. Then another doctor is at his house, or his office, I can't tell, but his assistant leaves, and he's drinking whiskey and watching some Snake Charmer video, like, on his projector and enjoying himself. It's, like, old-school pornography of, like, you know, it's, like, the workout tapes from the 80s of technically no one's naked and it's a workout tape, but it's just a way to watch women and, like, scantily clad things, like, gyrate around. It's like that, but for, like, 19... 10s porn of like he has to yeah. sit there and crank the thing and then he's chugging whiskey and he's like yeah arr. and he's like pouring more whiskey chugging that down he's about to start cranking it himself it looks like and then his like uh maid lady comes back is like oof what are you doing <laughs> Wait, do you think, because he has to, like, hand-crank this projector to get it to go, do you think, like, if he starts going on himself there, is it like one of those things, can you rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time? Do you think he starts doing the wrong motion to the other one? Like, he accidentally cranks his own crank, and he, like, breaks it. He's like, ah! (laughs) Or, like, the porn starts going backwards. (laughs) I wonder if that's a problem he's run into or not. Yeah. It's like, don't come on the film, it'll ruin it. This is the only pornography I own. (laughs) But the assistant brings him dinner, and she leaves again for good this time. But then the projector breaks, and the lady who's Fibes' assistant, I guess that's how I refer to her, Mm -hmm. shows up in this really interesting fur outfit. You know what I mean? She's like, she looks like some type of royalty or something. Yeah. But she shows up in the doctor's very, like, Oh, person I don't know who's somehow in my house? How are you? Like, yes, let's hang out. Like, he's instantly a wooga over her. <laughs> yes. Then Five shows up and hooks up the IV to him, and it 
is he poisoning him, but he's also taking blood out, right? I think he's just draining all of his blood out. Oh, okay, that does make sense. Because the detectives show up, and they see him dead there, and all these, like, bottles of his blood on the dresser. This one really freaked me out. Of Like, because I don't, like, I bet you you've gotten blood before at the doctor's. And they put the oh, needle yeah. in, and you can feel the blood leaving your body. Like, it feels weird. Imagine that, but it's all of your blood. And at some point, you're just so weak, you can't even move anymore. Yeah, that would be a weird one. You know, if you lose too much blood, like, you get real, like, empty feeling. Yeah, and it's great, too, because, like, he just looks like a normal person at the very beginning. And then, like, at the end, he's, like, pale white. And he can't keep his eyes open hardly. And it's just fives putting bottle after bottle, like, right in front of him. Yeah, that would be kind of torturous. It's well yeah. done. Again, kind of saw-like, but not really. But we're on that track. Yeah. But this is this is one really got me watching it. Just like, oh, I could... That's just horrifying. But the detectives this time make this connection that they all worked for Dr. Versalius. Right. And this um, kind of sends them... Which, at least in this movie, the police do police work. Not just, like, go to the crime scene and go, damn, we missed them. We'll hopefully get them for the next one. And then yeah, do nothing. They, they show up right at the worst time every time. They never catch them in the act. Yeah. But they go to question Versalius, and he gets a panic look when he hears all the names. So he's kind of made the connection already, I think, of who's doing this, but how can it be type thing. Right, because they mentioned where, like, Fibes was born in, like, the 1800s. They mentioned, like, he was born in 1890, which immediately makes me think he's, like, 200 years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but I think we're just getting our years mixed up, but I took it the same way. Yeah. The detectives are at the scene of the blood guy, and a, w a witness, as much as you can say, tells them that they heard she heard violin music, which his assistant is playing the violin the whole time while he was drawing the blood. It's like, violin music at 2 a.m.? <laughs> but he accidentally left the pendant this time. Yes, which they does a great shot of, like, what's this pendant? And then it cuts to Dr. Fives, like, feeling his chest for the necklace and being like, shit. <laughs> God damn it, I'm already fucking up. <laughs> the police take the pendant to the jeweler that made it, because his, like, I guess insignia is on the back or whatever. Oh, this guy is great. I love him. Because he's like, who ruined this? I worked very hard on this. They're like, oh, so you made it. He's like, of course I made it. My signature's on the back. And he's, like, inspecting it. Like, <laughs> He reminds me of the film critic guy from uh, Devil's Rejects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that type of character. Of like, how dare that, you know, Mama's boy Elvis die and when uh, uh, Groucho dies. How dare you say a thing about <laughs> Elvis Presley? <laughs> yeah, that's what he reminds me of. He's like that enthusiastic about everything. Yeah. But he said it's part of a set of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and a lady brought them in who didn't talk much, but she paid cash up front. She was very fashionable. And then he's describing her, the Detective Trout, Inspector Trout, I don't know what the proper term is, is writing down all these things he's describing her. And he says fashionable, and he didn't write it. He goes, aren't you going to write down fashionable? He's like, no, I think I'll remember that, sir. He's like, oh, yes, very good. Another part I love about this interaction is he's like, yes, it's a set of ten. He's like, oh, are they all identical? He's like, of course they aren't. Would you want ten identical pendants? 
And they find out that the symbol's Hebrew. Right. And then they go immediately to smash cut, we're with a rabbi. Yeah, I mean, smart. Mm -hmm. Because they get more information here than anyone else that you'd think they'd get info from. And the symbols are the ten curses that were placed upon the pharaoh before Exodus. Right. And the curses match the killing methods. So, like, the curse of frogs, the curse of blood, the curse of... What else was there? Uh, locusts. Because they name all of them here. Locusts, bats. Hail. Um, hail. Darkness. Well, yeah, complete darkness is the final one. And, and I love they're talking about it. They're like, darkness? Hell of fives, pull that one off. Yeah, which, there's a twist with that one. Ooh, what a twist! <laughs> but, Fives is staring at this picture of a woman and kisses what I believe is a severed hand. I mean, I know that there's a lot of just Fives doing creepy things. I don't remember this specific one. Oh, he's staring at a picture of what we find out is his dead wife, and he kisses a severed hand, which I think is his wife's hand. Oh, he just, like, perfectly preserved the hand, and it's, like, in an O motion. It's, like, in an O thing for reasons. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be your hand, or if it's, like, a mannequin hand, because I just couldn't tell if it was, like, old effects, or if it was supposed to be right. that. Is it supposed to look like a mannequin, or did they use a mannequin and it's supposed to be real? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The police finally find this Victoria Fibes file where all the doctors were involved. So they're going down the list. Now they have the list of who all the potential victims will be. Um, cut back to Fibes. I just want to mention this because it's him yelling, Nine killed you. Nine will die. Yes. <laughs> the detective tells one of the doctors about the ten curses, but they think Fibes is dead, remember? That doctor later is driving with his driver, and this woman's walking her dog by a lake, and her car's broken down. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the driver's name, but Chives, pull over. There's someone in need of assistance. Yes. Do you have any gray poupon? But here's the thing. This guy is, like, such a humanitarian. He's going to stop and help this person right. who needs help. Her car's broken down. But he's not going to no. help her. Imagine being this driver. You have to drive around this guy all the time. Pull over. Someone needs help. Now go do it. Help them. I will set it. Yeah. And do it quickly. I have a meeting to get to. And then that guy probably felt good about himself who ordered the driver to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I did a good deed today. Well, the driver does get out to help her and everything. It's obviously Five's assistant girl. And Five's knocks out the driver. And he puts the, this music box doll thing in the <laughs> doctor's car. And I don't know what it is. We just assume he's killed, which we find out in a minute. Because... The detectives are talking, they have a lead on the woman from some money transfer, but then someone calls in the accident they found. They show up on the scene, the driver's not dead, he's waking up but doesn't remember anything, he's in shock. They open the car and the doctor is frozen solid, and this is the curse of ice. Yeah, and they're like, yes, he did it, hail, in the middle of nowhere! <laughs> I mean, look, Fives is impressive, dude. Yeah. Like, he has, like, this flash freeze device back then yeah exactly he like shows up at the door with like his freeze ray basically and the guy's like oh and then yeah like you said a cut to like the detectives finding him and he's like frozen solid yeah it's pretty interesting i don't know if that technology exists now like a freeze bomb but it's pretty cool yeah mr freeze would love him i know we get the scene of a doctor playing chess with his son one of the curses was death of the firstborn this was supposed to be a twist later on, Brett. 
This was the most obvious twist I've ever encountered in my life. Oh, yeah, because they're talking about, like, later, about, like, well, my brother's dead, so, you know, da-da-da-da. He's like, whoa. And the one detective's like, don't you have a son? He's like, shit, I do! (laughs) Yeah, no one thinks of this. It's like, oh, you know, he's clear his older brother's dead. I wasn't even assuming siblings. I thought it meant your kid. Yeah. But, yeah, they're playing chess, and he's, like, a million miles away, because the kid, like... Was it uh, checks him? Is that what it's called? I think. Yeah, check. And the dad's like, well, "We're finished this later." And then the kid's talking about some music that he got, and he's talking to the guy down at the old music store about all these grand organists. And one of them, he mentions the name Fives, and of course, this triggers this brain. He's like, "Oh, I know that name. We're chasing a murderer of that same name." <laughs> but. He goes and talks to the music store guy about the Flyer Fives organ concert. He thinks he's still alive, so obviously. This is another great just little character thing. It's like the guy at the music store is like a million years old. And he's got like the giant glasses on and like the bubbles glasses from Trailer Park Boys. And the guy brings him up a poster. He's like, do you know this man? He's like, that'll be 10 cents. It's like, no, I don't want to buy it. Do you know fives? And the guy holds the thing basically touching his eyeballs. He's like, oh yes, I know that name. (laughs) (laughs) The side characters are all great in this. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing, like, how just a little 10-second thing like that will, like, so improve a movie. Oh, definitely. Be- our next scene is where Vinalia, the assistant, is brings Fives flowers while he's playing the organ. She walks so <laughs> weird, like, holding the flowers and gracefully, like, it's in tune with the music. And it's, once again, it's almost like he just got done doing, like, a grand, like, orchestra, like playing in front of, like, this huge amount of people when, like, the person brings him flowers as a congratulations. But it's all just for him again. I mean, what else is he gonna do besides murder and play organ? He's assumed yeah. dead. I guess that's all he's got. Yeah, and he does wail on that organ. But the flowers are important because the next scene, because the detectives show up at the mausoleum that he's buried at, him and his wife, and it shows that someone's been there recently because there's fresh flowers on her grave, so that's what he did with those, obviously. And there's also just, like, a colorful, like, graveyard keeper in the background. He's, like, scoffs at him. He's like, huh, idiots. <laughs> yeah, why does he have such an attitude about it? He just immediately hates them. It's just like, you can be a happy graveyard person. Dude, I love how the police with, like, no, like, clearance to do so just open up two graves. <laughs> yeah. Because they open up Fibes' casket thing, and they find his ashes in there. The easiest thing in the world to fake. Right. Then they open up the wife's casket, and was there anything in no. that one? Well, because remember. they look in, like, like, complete horror, and then it cuts to the casket, and it's empty. But here's the thing. Fibes made fake ashes for himself. Yeah. Put in there. Right. He couldn't have did that for her. I know they said, well, she's not cremated, but that'd be an easy, oh, something must have got mixed up in the paperwork. She was cremated. Right, yeah, it could have been so easy to fake. Because even the one cop or the one inspector or someone is like, because they see the ash, is like, okay, there he is. Are you satisfied? And he's like, well, not really. Because you could easily <laughs> fake this. Yeah, and, or take one of your melted bodies, dude. Throw a skeleton in there. Yeah, really. You've had enough murder victims, like, skin them and throw them in there. Exactly. Now, it's one of the strangest scenes to me. It's Fives and Vanalia spying on this guy at the airport club. And, (laughs) like, 
The vibes, I don't know why, just in the bright sunshine with his black cloak and everything, using a telescope to spy on this is just something joyful about it to me. He's not trying to be inconspicuous at all. He He's like, who is the pale man in the giant cape up there with the golden telescope? <laughs> with the girl wearing, I don't even know what she is this time, but also not being inconspicuous at all. He walks around with like weird snowflake crowns and whatever, playing violin out all about. Yeah. The guy about to fly the plane is one of the doctor victim people, and he's about to take off, and the police show up, and they're chasing after him on their car as he's taking off. He doesn't see him, and he takes off, and he's in the air, and all of a sudden, all these rats start showing up and biting him and everything. Like, they're very angry rats for some reason. Maybe it's the air pressure thing. Or, like, they, he could have starved the rats. I know, like, that's what people will do sometimes when they want them to eat people. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah. Don't starve the rats. Well, then they eat. Yeah, but just feed them regularly. But Make them happy. At one point, he's, like, pushing and, like, punching at his crotch almost. I just, like, think of the rats nipping at his balls. That's why he, like, <laughs> crashes. Dude, so this seems great, though, because there are so many... Oh? Oh, yeah. Oh? Because oh, this guy crashes the plane, obviously. Let's be real. We right. know that's happening when all the rats come loose when he's up there flying. But... They have so many scenes of the plane almost crashing, him pulling back up on the wheel and pulling <laughs> back into the sky, and it goes on and on forever. And of course, when it crashes, they do not have the budget to crash a plane. No. So you see it go down behind some trees, and then cuts to five, swirling his cape all scary looking as you hear a crash. Oh yeah, he like swirls his telescope around like, yes, ha ha ha, ha ha ha. <laughs> Dude. Do parts of this, I know, was this pre or post Vincent Price working with Christopher Lee? Uh, I mean... Are they already worked together? Probably, uh, I bet, because Lee had been around since the 50s, so... And this is 71. It reminds me of him doing a bit of a Dracula impression. Oh, okay, I could see that a little bit, especially with the cape. Yeah, the cape twirl there with the plane crash, especially. Not really the rest of the movie, but right there felt very Dracula. Yeah, very. Yeah, I agree. They get back to the station, the cops, and this car that they used, they ran it hard <laughs> after this plane. Like, they were flying, taking this car past what's supposed to be. I had not even considered that it wasn't their car. No. But no, they just took a random car from the par- parking lot of the station. They're like, whose is this? He goes, oh, whoever's it is, we pushed this thing farther than it should go. It's going to need, and names all this well, it's mechanical like, stuff. It's, it's like blew a couple gaskets or something, like it's leaking oil. Like, yeah, they name off a few things. They're like, well... Was it at least one of ours? It's like there was a policeman's book in the front seat. They're like, oh, okay, that's very good. Yeah, but right then the chief comes in, like, who moved my car? And they both get dead quiet. <laughs> that's your car. Yes, it is. And someone moved it. Oh, very nice. And he's just yelling. <laughs> he's always such a grump. He gets in and drives away, and you hear the comical crash sound and like tires rolling away and everything. And our two detectives like shudder and wince and walk away. It's like a quick, like little three stooges thing of like I can just see the car falling apart like completely. Like the doors fall off, the tires fall off. It's just like a bunch of bolts go flying everywhere. Yeah, it's it does very much sound Three Stooges-y. Very yeah. good. <laughs> but next, Fibes and Vinoy are having their fancy dinner. And when the wine is poured, Fibes pours it into the back of his neck. Yeah. And so he has, we know something's up with him. 
Because every time he talks, too, you notice his mouth never opens. No, his mouth never moves. Um, like we said before, he plugs his neck in with, like, a guitar cable. And he must have just, like, a spout in the back of his neck that he drinks with. Because he, you'll see at, like, here in just a little bit why. But, yeah, he just pours it down his throat. And she acts like, oh, yes, this is normal. I guess it is to her. <laughs> so... It's weird, because he's like a ventriloquist. I'm curious, how did they do this? Did they just ADR all of his lines later? It's, if you notice, because this is something I learned watching it uh, on Svengoolie the first time, His uh, Vincent Price's throat does move whenever he would be talking. It's not like he's just yeah, sitting there doing nothing. Like, he's just sitting there, like, quiet. So, it, Vincent Price was saying his lines with his mouth closed, so then they could ADR the voice in, and, but it would still look like he's talking with the neck thing. And you line up on timing for the lines and everything. That's smart. Yeah. Because yeah, it looks like he's doing the ventriloquist thing, how their throats will still move even yeah. though their mouths don't open. No, that's because could you imagine if it wasn't that? And it's just Vincent Price standing there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give it ten seconds, Vinny. Well, and it stares. <laughs> luckily, Vincent Price is also like great with acting with just his face. Like he's got some like major like expressions and whatnot. So they did a good oh, job with sure. casting with him. But the police have found another one of the doctors who will be on the victim list. But they're safe. They got to him first. They did it this time. No trouble here at all. <laughs> and they're walking out with this doctor and a fucking unicorn oh statue just flies at him and impales the doctor through a wall, killing him. Where he gets sit there, he gets impaled through the wall. They, like, comically look at the, the unicorn horn coming through the other end of the wall. But the guy has, like, the funniest death face on. Of just, like, Ugh! Like, his mouth is, like, wide open. <laughs> Dude, I love, because they're trying to keep this quiet from the press, too. They're at some fancy, like, club here, and they're trying to unscrew the unicorn with the doctor on it. <laughs> And be quiet, and they're trying to unscrew it, like, spinning the body and the statue and everything. And some guy's yelling, dude, I I swear they had two different directors for this. They had a director for the inspector people, and a director for all the Vincent Price stuff. Because it feels like two different movies, and it blends together in such a good way. Yeah, because it, they're comically, they're not unscrewing the unicorn. You see the guy's feet spinning. <laughs> But it's also done in almost that really good Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein way. Of Abbott and Costello are really funny, but the monsters are never like the butt of the jokes. They're serious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you keep those aspects, and they keep their menace, I guess you right. could say. Fibes is talking to pictures of his wife again, and he's like, within 24 hours, my work will be finished, and then we will be reunited. Yes, and we will have the nine deaths. Nine! <laughs> Dude, what the hell is he cooking here? It looks like Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah, where he's like, and uh, uh, Vanalia uh, comes over with like a plate of them, and he picks up two and always throws one away and puts th another one in there. And he's like inspecting, and then he finally, I guess, finds the perfect one because he's like holding it up and he's nodding. Then she starts nodding, like, Yes, the perfect one. <laughs> I don't know what it's actually supposed to be, but yeah, he cooks it uh, in this big cartoonish looking setup. Because I think this is right before um, the lady gets all the wax stuff poured on her face. So I think yeah, it's, it's right them, before the hospital lockdown. I think it's them melting that stuff, maybe. 
Yeah, but I don't know what it actually no, is. No, me neither. Like, is there some plant that will melt people? I'm guessing it's wax, but I'm not sure. But the cops are with the last doctor and the nurse who will be the next victims. And they have the hospital sealed off. No one's getting in or out. Um, what if he's already here? Oh, nonsense. I hope he is here, because I could put a stop to him myself then. Is this when they're in the elevator talking about him, and he there he's right behind them just with his back to him? Yeah, I think so. And he's just dressed as an orderly for the hospital. He's been here all day. And it's 100% the scene in ho- the first Halloween where Michael Myers drives right behind Dr. Loomis. And he just happens to look the exact wrong way at the right time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's just pushing these carts of giant soup pots, I guess you'd call them, right? Yeah. And... The nurse, like, finds out that there's a possible attempt on her life tonight. Like, well, you have to stay in this room, go to sleep. How should I sleep? I suggest a sleeping pill, but she's laying in bed. I think she does fall asleep. Vibes lays out this weird tarp with a naked woman on it? Yeah. And what it, is this thing? It's like my 10-year-old brain just goes, boobies! Because <laughs> it is like <laughs> Vincent Price holding it up to him. And I'm guessing it's to measure out exactly where her head would be. Because he drills down oh, through the okay. center of the head of, like, the naked lady picture. And drills through the ceiling. And, like, there's, like, plaster hitting her in the head. <laughs> and then, because he's, like, right she above wake her. Up. But then, because she took a sleeping pill. True. But I didn't, that's a good call. I had no idea what the picture was for. That makes total sense now. That's because I was wondering the same thing. And I was like, I bet you it's to measure out perfectly. Where do I drill? Good call. But yeah, so he makes this hole right above her head where she's sleeping, and he pours this green melty liquid all over her face, and you can tell it takes a long time for him to get the angle right, but finally he gets it on her. And she's covered in that, and then he funnels these locusts down into it. And it, I don't know if this was supposed to happen, or if it was just an on-set trouble. He's having trouble getting the locusts <laughs> down. Yeah, and he starts, like, tapping on the glass jug they're in, and, like, fiddling with the tube. Yeah. <laughs> this is the part we referenced earlier where the doctor talking to the cop who's also locked at the hospital is like, well, it's a shame. There's curse of the firstborn. We know I'm safe. My brother's died before. <gasps> but what about your firstborn? Oh no! And they both fly to the house. <laughs> like, they had not considered this until now. It's like, you're, shit, I do have a son! <laughs> That's what I was playing chess with. <laughs> they get to the house and the son is missing. He's not there. The cops find the dead nurse at this point. Her face is all melted off or eaten off, and there's locusts all over her. Yeah, I don't. I'm guessing that I don't know what they. Maybe it's some kind of like. Do locusts go after sugar? Maybe it's some kind of sugary thing. That's what I was wondering. Like if it was a bait or a pheromone or yeah. something like that. But I'm not sure. It is cool because you get all the locusts crawling all over her skull and the ones like going in and out of her eye socket and stuff. <laughs> Oh, it's really cool looking. Maybe locusts like Brussels sprouts. Maybe. Yeah, it was. They they were juicing. They were being very healthy. Dr. Fives was ahead of the times. <laughs> but they're at the house with where the sun went missing from, and Fives calls the doctor, and he's like, hello? Hello? And he just blares the organ into the phone for no reason. It's not even like he's playing nice. He just slams on a bunch of the keys and makes this giant organ noise, and it hangs up. The doctor doesn't hang up. Vibes just hangs up. But he, like, pushes, like, all the buttons. So it's, like, almost like he's turning everything to 11. It's just like, 
It's like the organ equivalent of just blaring feedback from your guitar. It's like with the one episode of Beavs and Butthead when they're making the prank calls and they just keep flushing the toilet and the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, Fibes calls back. He's like, eight have died, soon to be nine. And he gives him his location. He's like, come alone. And he's like, who do you have? He's like, your son. He's like, I don't have a son. He's like, yes, you do. He's right here. It's like, let me think about a son. Do I, I have a brother. Like, oh, fuck, I do have a son! <laughs> <laughs> but Trout's insisting on joining him. He, you can't go alone. He goes, okay, may I make a phone call first? Sure, just make it quick. The doctor picks up the phone and knocks Trout out with it. He's going alone. Which is like, I. it's a cool little part of like, I can't have you fucking this up for me. You're a pretty good cop, but you're also kind of bumbling in this movie, so I want to go alone. Is he a good cop? I think he's pretty terrible uh, at his job. He's not the worst we've ever come across. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. <laughs> How You're the 50th call today about killer clowns. You're all pulling my legs. I'm just going to sit here and drink my Jack Daniels. <laughs> but the doctor arrives at the Oregon house, and Vanalia lets him in. She's all fancy and dapper and everything. Like She's treating this like a big, like black tie affair, the way she lets him in and everything. Well, this is the grand finale. Yes. Also, did I... Oh, th- never mind. I thought I missed something, but I did not. Um, and so, he... The doctor walks in, Fives comes out, like we talked about earlier, holding that... Not megaphone. Oh, photograph. Yeah. And he's like, like, you said I could never talk. Look at me now. My knowledge of music and sound have let me speak. <laughs> he will die at midnight. And it's so funny, though, because they're having a standoff. He's wheeling this cart around with them, talking through it. <laughs> and even the doctor is like, yes, I agree that this is phenomenal what you've done. But please do not kill me. We tried to save your wife. It's not our fault she died. And he's like, where's my son? And then the lights turn on beneath, and they're standing on the last floor, and the son is underneath. And he's like, I'm giving him the same chance that you gave my wife six minutes, because I guess his wife died six minutes on the operating table. He has rigged this acid up on the top floor that will pour in very slowly, and in six minutes exactly, it will make it to the sun and burn his face off. How do I even explain this? Well, so now Billy the puppet comes rolling out and is like, <laughs> "Hello, hello, exactly. hello, doctor." In a past life, you failed to save this doctor's wife. Now you have the same chance with your son. I think the key is close to your heart. Think about it. <laughs> so yeah, they put the key inside the son somehow. I don't know how. Dr. Fibes, oh, I guess Dr. Fibes, he's a surgeon, okay. But he put a key in him. The doctor has to open the son up and get the key out to undo the shackles, removing the son from underneath the acid spillway Yes, in six minutes. Okay, there we go. Which is like, holy so, shit, like, they thought that this stuff was like the torture porn movies like Saul and Hostel were extreme in the 2000s. This is 71 and they're doing this shit. Yeah, true. It definitely feels like it could have been an influence. Yeah. But the doctor goes downstairs with Vanalia and he's gonna start the operation. And I love this because there's another, like, megaphone down there on that floor. <laughs> and you just hear, can you hear me, doctor? <laughs> Upstairs, looking. It's just like holy shit. Yes, 
You're already an amplifier. And so the Noi is basically being his surgical assistant, like scalpel, scalpel, you know, that type of person. At this point, Shroud has woken up and is flying after them. He's going to go save the day. And Vibes comes downstairs, I guess. Hey, we'll all just hang out in this surgery room. Never mind that none of this is sterile. Oh, yeah. The fact that, like, yeah, it's not sterile. Germs don't exist. He's not going to get a terrible infection because you're basically doing heart surgery on him. (laughs) Yes. Um... Vibes tells Vinalia, and this is where we first get her name, destroy all I've created. And so she goes upstairs and strikes up the band and just starts axing everything. Yeah. It's not even like there's like a button they push that to like destroy all of my work. No, she's like, okay, I will grab the axe then and just start destroying everything. Dude, and I love the police have shown up at this time. Trout has, I guess his partner got there too, because they're sticking their head through two of the axe holes and then she starts axing again and they had to jump backwards. Well, it's also like that thing if you go to like a pumpkin patch or something and you're like, it's the thing where you stick your head through the hole in the piece of wood and it looks like you're a farmer and like the other one's a pig or something, you know. It's like that yeah. where they're sticking their head through the painting and they're like other people. Yeah, they're just standing there, but they almost get axed. They jump back. And this is where we get the face reveal. And holy yeah. shit, we are 138. It looks <laughs> just like the Misfits fiend skull. It, but doesn't it look awesome? Oh, it looks great, dude. He's like, look at me, doctor. He pulls off like his fake face to reveal what he's been left with. It was never revealed what happened, if I'm correct. I'm not exactly sure what happened to him. I think I know it was a botched surgery that left him unable to speak and looking like this. It's not really made clear, though. They're like, oh no, we've spilled the jar of surgical acid all over him. Now he doesn't have a face. It's what it looks yeah. like. Pretty much, but that's what it is. He's like, look at me, this is what I've become. He goes up and starts playing the organ, and there's 30 seconds left. Doctor saves his son just in time. Vinalia's downstairs where the police show up and she accidentally stands right under the ass as it drops down killing her yeah and it's uh, um, i'm gonna say killing her because i've never seen the sequel so i'm assuming dead well and you would think if she's gets covered in acid she's gonna be dead you would think so but you would also think that vibes could never talk again look at me doctor look at me he's like i see you <laughs> <laughs> This is where I also, because you get so many, like, shots throughout the movie of Dr. Fibes in front of the mirror, like, applying makeup, and you can tell he's doing things throughout the movie to his face. I almost, like, think of him if he was around now. He's like, hello and welcome to Dr. Fibes' makeup vlog. Today, we got this stuff from whatever makeup place. (laughs) Dude, it is weird he applies, like, full-on, like, prosthetics and, like, a new face all the time. Oh, yeah, he'd have a million subscribers today with, like, oh, look how he, like, good he does the special effects makeup. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. We put Tom Savini to shame. Look at when he started doing this. Yeah. The police are searching, and an unmanned organ rises back up. Vibes puts on a new face because he wants to look good for this occasion. He lays down next to his dead wife injects himself with embalming fluid. I only know what it is because it's labeled very large, so yes. we know what it is. And he's sealed inside the floor with her, and it lowers down right as the cops lower down the organ, so they never see it. And so he is the curse of darkness is on himself. 
And well, I also because don't don't the cops get locked down there? Because they all go down together. It's not like they send one or two down. It's like no, everybody goes down. I didn't assume they were locked down there, but yeah, the lights go out. I think to let you know that's vibes was the curse of darkness. Yeah. And then look, credits. But I gotta mention the credits, Brett. That's the end of the movie. Right. I mean, great ending, good movie. But why are the credits set to somewhere over the rainbow? Yeah, I thought that was weird too, because I was just immediately like, I don't like Wizard of Oz. It's a very odd choice, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, well, it's almost like the entire movie is like weird and whimsical, so I can kind of get it, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But, but here's the thing. I gotta count Fibes as dead, too, count on the dead spoiler. I know he's in the second one. I'm gonna count that as a resurrection, because he injected himself with embalming fluid. And is literally having his blood pumped out of him at the same time. Like, he's embalming himself completely while he's being sealed in. Yeah, so I gotta count him. Man, what a fun time, though. Really yeah. cool movie. Like, balances a lot of things I like with some things I'm not usually, like, my favorite to make a really fun time for me. I, I'm glad you picked this one. I'm really happy. Like, I'm excited that you like this, because that means we can do the sequel at some point. Oh, I'd love to do the sequel. I want to watch that sometime. Which, it's, um, a lot of, because you know how sequels can be, like, so-so sometimes i'll go ahead and put your worries to rest it's more of the same exactly what if, i want if you like the character dr fives got more of them coming <laughs> good all right uh you want to count the dead yes let's get into the count of the dead ah 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 all right throbbing with horror count of the deads where we tally up all the deaths in the movie where do you think we got with the abominable dr fives doctor I'm going to guess 13. 13? Yeah, I'm going to guess 13. Run me down your math a little bit, or are you just throwing uh, a number out? Well, there's, um, I know there's nine deaths that they say they're supposed to be. The last one that's supposed to be dead isn't the one that's killed, but the assistant's killed, so there's nine. Yes. And then there's uh, 10, 11, and 12... Well, I guess they're not dead dead. We don't know they're dead. Yeah, I didn't count the cops because I couldn't... Yeah, so I'll let you adjust that. Okay, so there's the nine... Because that was my fault. I'll tell you, I didn't count the cops because I'm not sure. There was the butler man that got killed uh, at the car. There's ten. Nope, he didn't die. They stabbed him! Nope, he got knocked out because he woke up when the police were there and they questioned him, but he was in shock. Okay. I thought he got stabbed with a nice pick. I did too, but no, I guess he just got hit with one. Okay, so I'm going to guess 10 then, for because fives as well. You got it. Okay, death. nice. <laughs> yeah, that one threw me off too, because I wrote him down as a death yeah. until the police came. They're like, here's the driver. He's awake, but he's in shock. He won't say anything. I'm like, oh, okay. At one point, my wife did show up with food, so I may have been distracted. Oh. <laughs> no, perfect. Um, Very nice. Well, that is the count of the dead. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I take the movie, and I pick something from the movie, and I rate it 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I don't come up with that thing until right now. Um, let me think what would be good for Dr. Fibes. I'm going to do Organists. Okay, this is going to be an interesting one. I have no... <laughs> Create, like, no way to measure a good organist or not. I'm interested. Well, because I really enjoy organ music. Um, yeah. 
I don't really know many organists. I know that there's a good one in uh, fuck, um, Goblin. Yes, um, and Slapshot. So I'm going to say a number one version of an organist, the worst kind. It is the junior hockey league organist of, he doesn't even know how to play the organ. He's the janitor. And they're like, you hit these three notes. Okay. So it's just, a, there's no passion in it whatsoever. I got you. A number 10 version of an organist is the dude from Goblin when he plays fucking Profonda Rosa. And he's like, and I'm just like rocking out my car like I'm listening to Slayer. <laughs> okay. Um, I love Dr. Fives. It's a really great Vincent Price movie. And I'm a fan of Vincent Price already. And this is a top one for me. Um. I'm going to give it nine organists out of 10. I think it's a lot of fun. I every, I've seen it twice now, loved it each time. Like I can't wait to watch it again. Like I finally, I found this on VHS at a yard sale during the summer and I finally got to watch it. Cause I kept putting it off until I knew we were going to do this. And it was well worth the wait of like, I was wondering, like I've been wanting to watch this for so long now. I wonder if I built it up too much in my head or it was, was it actually that good? And it is that good. It is really fun. I went seven and a half organists out of ten. Nice. Like, still very good score. I loved it. It was a really fun time. Yeah, there's not too much that, like, oh, I wish they would have changed this or did this. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's where it landed for me. I didn't didn't blow my mind, but I didn't wasn't bored at all watching this movie. Good. You know what I think it is for me, too? Like, something I really like about it. I... It's a really good villain. Like, there's a lot of these horror movies that I love, but don't give us a cool villain, you know what right. I mean? It has a good backstory, a cool secondary reveal at the end, just dumb little touches that make no sense but are cool, like him having to plug in his neck to a, like, megaphone thing. It's really fun. I like it. Even though he is our villain, you can kind of see where he's coming from about why he's doing it, of like, well, he's heartbroken because his wife died. Well, it's a sympathetic villain, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely recommend. And also, this is a good like October watch, I would say. Because it kind of will break up, like, you get a lot of gothic creepiness, especially with these like kind of older movies. I know this is 71, so it's a little bit out of that realm. But it's still Vincent Price, but it's very bright, it's very loud, it's got great, like I said, like organ music throughout the entire thing. So, it's a good almost palate cleanser from all the darkness. It is actually even, like, just lighting-wise, really lightly, really brightly lit compared to a lot of other things that you would think like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alright, yeah, but that's all I think I really got. Whoa, fuck it, we haven't done this in a bit. What do you double feature it with? Ooh, oh, double feature. Well, you got a Vincent Price movie. So do you want to go double Vincent Price, or do you want to go Vincent... Oh, I know what would be a good one. Um, what do you got? You got... Abominable Dr. Fibes plays first. Second, you got Dracula AD 1972 with Christopher Lee. Okay. So we're going the, the both of the Kings. Right. And they're both released right around the same time within like a year or two of each other. So. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I have an odd one. I don't know if I love it or not. I'm going Friday the 13th, the original, 1980, hmm. for the specific seeking out revenge for the death of uh -huh. a loved one double feature. Very, okay, I could see that. Yeah, like, both different night. ways of going about it. Yeah. 
Which which order though? What are you doing with that? Oh, I think I gotta go Friday. Then Fives just feels more right for me. Yeah, because Fives almost ends on the like. It seems like the big crescendo, like da da. And then to go into Friday the 13th, which is also a good movie, of course, but it's a lot tamer and like kind of not tamer, but it's not as like, look at me, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's not so loud. Yeah, I guess I like that. I Yeah. And like fives has like a conclusive ending, whereas Friday the 13th kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So yeah. I think we got to end with fives. I enjoy that. I'd go to your double feature. Oh, thank you. I would go to yours as well. Thank you. Yeah, at some point we have to do Dracula AD 1972. <laughs> I'm down, dude. Um, well, unless you have anything else, man. No, I think that's all I got. All right, well, we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober. We got more coming for you. Um, who knows what decade will be next? We tried to hit every decade. <laughs> um, so we hope that Dr. Fives has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul! 